Would you call Flowman a journeyman? Depends on your definition of journeyman. Yes, hello and welcome to the Footy Dictionary. I'm Harper Pestinger and this is the show where we answer the Aussie rules questions that no one else in the media has the guts to ask, like when does party time start, who can claim they have unfinished business and of course, what is a journeyman? We do have a panel today as always and a special foreign correspondent joining us later. But of course, it is our first episode on Sin and if it is your first time tuning into the show, you should know that it's not our broadcasting debut. We have we have potted before, and Ham Show Brian, uh, this is in fact a bit of a milestone episode for us, isn't it? Yes, the tenth episode. It's um, it's been a long time coming, but this is this is a special one, isn't it? I oh, mean, it doesn't oh. get better for your tenth episode. Yeah, we we ripped ourselves through the battle. We were in the nervous nines for about eight months, I think, but we're finally we're finally back uh, on the airwaves. It's a very very good feeling. And also here joining the panel is Connor Buttigie. How are you going, Connor? Thanks very much for joining us, mate. Thanks, mate. Hammer Harper, Ali boys. Uh, there's plenty to talk about today. Let's get into it. Now, Connor, you you found a very very good clip for us. Is it? It's from a few weeks ago, so maybe it's outdated, but. Uh, Maybe before I play it, do you want to give us some context around what, what this is going to be all about? Yeah, I think the best way to describe it is uh, two commentators being a little bit naive and potentially not listening to the Footy Dictionary podcast in the past. <laughs> but, uh, it's yeah, it's the uh, commentary between North Melbourne VFL and Carlton VFL, and they uh, mentioned something we may have talked about in the past. Across the grounds, Ploughman. Would you call Ploughman a journeyman? Depends on your definition of journeyman. Parks. Oh, oh, that's a slip. So how many how many years would you need to be playing to be a journeyman? Well, I think it's more about clubs, isn't it? You think? How many clubs you played for? Obviously, playing with only two, being the Giants and now Carlton. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you've been at six, that's probably, you know, definitely in that class as Fogarty to Dow. Would have to be length of service as well I think you have to throw that into the mix yeah it's a it's an interesting definition we might need to get some clarification on what well, a journeyman actually I is think multiple clubs multiple years I think that's something the uh, team on the state of play VFL VFLW podcast can take a look at Joey and Lucy just looking after that one riveting game of footy isn't it boys <laughs> to be talking about the journeyman for so long <laughs> tell you what but uh that podcast I mentioned, never heard of it. I think they should Joey be coming here for the answers. Who, who are they? Who, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure. We're not sure, and we're not sure why they haven't come to us for answers yet. But, um, yeah, Plowman is an interesting one because he's probably ploughed out most of his career at Carlton. <laughs> but he's um, put together some less than serviceable games, I think. So, you know, maybe he's a journeyman. Connor? Look, I don't know a whole lot about Plowman, uh, to be honest, but they did talk about, uh, when they said what is a journeyman, they were talking about games played, etc. And if they if we're going by our definition and criteria of a journeyman... Episode uh, Plowman, 4, we discussed this, by the way. We went really, really, really in-depth, so get into the back catalogue and check out that one. Yeah, so Plowman is not a journeyman for me. Just <laughs> looking at his... I've got his Wikipedia up here. Um, I guess, so he's played 137 games in 10 years of footy, so that averages out to, what, 13, nearly 14 games a year. That can't be a journeyman. 
No, no, it cannot be. And only 20 of those games with GWS. He was only there for three seasons, and he's been at Carlton since 2016. That is far, 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 far too long with the same club to come anywhere near being a journeyman, fitting the criteria. But Hamish, have you got someone better? Like, I know we discussed a few people last time. Uh, well, I'm not sure if I have anyone better, but I just wanted to put this out there. What if he gets delisted from Carlton this year and then goes on to play for another club and scrounges out a few games there? Would he then be in the conversation? Uh, I think he's doing himself a favour if he wants to be a journeyman by getting delisted, but he'd still have to play, I'd say, another three years at another club and struggle like he is at Carlton right now to get a game consistently. Yeah, I, I do think that he would count as a journeyman, especially if he went to it, like a, a Gold Coast or a, some club like that, maybe, maybe a West Coast even. Um, but I, I think I said uh, when we discussed this almost a year ago now, <laughs> the first time, that if you're a journeyman, preferably you're a journeyman by choice. You, you go on your own way. You, you're not getting to listed. You're, you're seeking a trade, perhaps. Um, I think we spoke about Mitch Brown and he'd uh, gone from Geelong to Essen to Melbourne, not having a huge amount of success at any club, but kind of being a bit bit part player. I think he classified as a good one. Yeah, there's only so much we can discuss because there's very few that actually qualify for the legendary status. Yeah. Well, yeah. just wait till next week when we've got a full sting. And a full <laughs> segment. <laughs> just you wait. So, it's going to be good. Um, strap th- yourselves do, in. Do you think actually there's a minimum age to be a journeyman? Like you, you couldn't be <laughs> a 24 year old journeyman, could you? Uh, probably not. Probably not. You got to you got to tick a few age brackets as well. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, I think you have to be a bit battered and bruised as well, um, showing a little bit of signs of a journeyman. And. Well, we, we have discussed this before, but we are reaching a whole new audience here on seeing at the Footage Dictionary today. So uh, I think we did speak about, I'll just briefly touch on this, that there is a journeyman look, there's an appearance, a certain a, a look about you, uh, a character, a vibe, and Tom Hickey absolutely fits the bill. He's retired now, hasn't he? But uh, he, he was uh, definitely fit, fit the bill for a journeyman. That Sydney West Coast Port, was it, Connor? Uh, St Kilda. St Kilda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now the journeyman has gone too many places. It's hard to catch up. <laughs> but let's let's move it on. And uh, Hamish, you, you found this one. Uh, I'll, I'll play this it's from round two, but I thought it was worth discussing. She's got plenty on that. Or we'll kick the goal. It's in the river. <laughs> He's put that in the torrent. Now, that is Elliot Himmelberg for the Adelaide Crows against Richmond at Adelaide Oval a few weeks ago now. But he kicked it from about 60, and it, it didn't reach the crowd. It just kind of dipped in and hit, hit the grass, uh, of course, beyond the post but before the fence. So, personally, uh, Hamish, you, I know you found this one, but I'd just like to say on it, yeah, no, I don't don't think you can say put it in the river, but Adelaide Oval famously called the Portress. I know it wasn't Port playing there, so maybe we could call it the moat. You've reached the moat. Yeah, this is Dwayne Russell, this one, and oh, he's a known culprit for um, pulling out some <laughs> cliches. And Absolutely. I don't, he loves to put a bit of mayo on his commentary work. <laughs> I don't think this is his finest. Um, I'm willing to accept it. It's Don't get me wrong, it's a massive kick. I'm willing to accept it if the ball clears the fence and maybe lands in the fence. Uh, I think that's that's fine for dramatic effect. That's okay, but 
it just there's something about it that just really bugs me that he's kicked it and it's not even cleared the uh, the advertising boards and he said it's in the River Torrens, which is uh, if anyone's been down there, it's probably another 150 metres back <laughs> from the goal. He's at so. the right end though, right? Like he, oh, he's certainly right end to the so. right of screen. Yeah, the, the, it's called yeah, the River it, Stand, isn't it? Or yeah, it is the Riverbank Stand. So yeah. he's got that one right at least for uh, historical. Uh, what's the word? Gee. Accuracy. Be in here. <laughs> that would probably be the word we're looking for. Um, so he's, at least at least he's got that bit right. But um, kind of, I just don't know if you can roll with it. Yeah, I think um, as you said earlier with Dueno, he does like to go the big hole a bit too much, and I reckon he might have just been rehearsing that a fair bit too much. Like, I think he had that locked and loaded and ready to go, and he just sort of pre-fired it a little bit too early. It would have been good in a in a gather round, uh, or in the gather round in particular, I think, because all the focus is on Adelaide. People are talking about the city. People are talking about the Torrens River. So may, maybe he's gone the early crow there on, on that particular one. But actually, another one on Adelaide. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, late crow. Um, another one on Adelaide. This is, of course, the round five rising star, Max uh, McCallany. How, how, how do you say it, Hamish? I think it's McElhaney. McElhaney, yeah, Max McElhaney, uh, with a free dictionary, not the free uh, pronunciation guide, but uh, the <laughs> AFL Twitter page, uh, and round five AFL rising star Max McElhaney, uh, however you say it, sorry Max, has taken it up to some of the best small forwards in the competition this season. Connor, can you take it up to small forwards? Uh, I don't think you can. I think... Um it doesn't sound great, but the thing I'll give it is that he is a young player, so I suppose if he's taken up to the experienced players of the competition, uh, it does make a, like you can make a case for it. It's not the worst we've seen uh, in the media, Hamish. No, it's been worse. Uh, there's definitely better phrases he could have run with, but I mean, <laughs> he's got uh, for, he won the Rising Star nomination in round five <laughs> after a lethal performance against the prolific. Carlton small forwards of Jesse Motlop and Corey Durden. <laughs> so maybe you did take it up to him. You just never know because ah. – um, but no, probably not taking it up to a small forward. They're just mosquitoes, aren't they? They're not someone you take it up to. You maybe take it down to them. Yeah, also correct me Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know his job obviously probably isn't to find all the footy, but his Rising Star nomination was I'm like, pretty sure off 10 disposals or something like that. So is he really taking it up? Like is he dominating the game and taking it up to him? Yeah, so what do you have to do to take it up to a small forward? Because typically, and I think when used correctly, when you're taking it up to someone, it's, it's in an offensive sense, an attacking sense, um, and... Mm. So what what would he have to do to take it up to a small forward? I think generally just taking it up to someone would be outplaying them all round. But if you're just restricting them and their impact, I don't think that's necessarily outplaying and taking it up to them. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I think you have to be going, maybe not blow for blow, but you have to be giving a few blows back versus just restricting your opponent. Now, still for me, it's only really like a kind of young offensive attacking player who can do, do that thing. I, I don't think you could say, oh, uh, Jeremy Cameron is, is taking it up to anyone because he's, like, obviously he, he's a bit too good. But 
maybe if um, old Maxi Boy was a small forward. Yeah, you could you could take it up, but we'll move on. We'll move on from uh, old mate Max, uh, however you pronounce his last name. But Hamish, this is uh, your one from Dogs versus Frio, J- just from this round gone by, actually, where into the more current period. It's about two minutes into the third quarter. Tell us what James Brayshaw rolled with. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a holding pattern, as they say, about, yeah, as you said, two and a half minutes into the third quarter. And uh, JB said they're just feeling each other out at the moment, these two teams. Uh, can you be feeling each other out when you're more than halfway through a football game? Can you? Actually, that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, can you be feeling each other out at all during any point of a football game? Yeah, I think um, sort of the only way I'd ex- accept it, and even this is still hard to argue, is just like around one when it's... A uh, bit of the unexpected, like new new pickups, new game plan, uh, anything of that. So it's sort of a feeling out in the first quarter, maybe, but definitely not third quarter of a game in round six. But is that just a cliche though? They use every year. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. It's just it's stupid. It's not a footy term. I don't think it's more like a boxing term when you're feeling someone out in the first round, like seeing what they've got. I don't think it's. Really, a footy term. Well, Connor swayed me a bit here, more towards yeah, maybe he's only early in the season, but that's not really what was in my mind before he said that. In, in my mind, you're feeling each other out at, at the start of a of a really big game, like a grand final, a cagey type affair, and maybe there's only been two goals in the first quarter, and they're feeling each other out for that whole first half an hour, or like, like an Anzac Day. Of course, we've got Anzac Day coming up. Essen Collingwood, maybe uh, there's, a, there's a bit of rain, or it's just a bit of a um, like grubby, contested game, and there's not much free flowing football. Then you're feeling each other out. That's that's what I thought before. There's, I don't know. Should I still think that now, Hamish? I, what, what do you think? I feel like it's more less of a case of feeling each other out. I genuinely don't know whether that's possible. I think it's. It's a term used when there's two teams battling it out generally in a close and contested affair or there's not much scoring going on. But are they actually, you know, playing football, kicking to each other and going, eh, I might just hold off on this kick a little bit. I just want to see what the opposition think about this for a little sec. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those cliche terms that I don't know whether it actually is possible. And especially not three minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, I think it definitely has to be at the start of something, and maybe three minutes in the third quarter, like they've they've reset a bit after half time, like they they've changed their game plan a bit. I, I didn't actually watch this game, so it's tough for me to know. But um, yeah, dubious one for me. But we've actually got another. We've got a clip this time from Frio versus Dogs. This is also from the third quarter, just a few minutes after James Brayshaw's feeling each other out comment. Um, this is Arthur Jones uh, running into goal for the Western Bulldogs from about 50 metres out and he has a shot. This is what JB goes for. Oh, Waitman with an attempted climb. Scott at the back. Jones lowers the eyes and misses to the left. Yeah, I don't... I think it just defeats all... Uh, every footballer, especially at local level, you're pretty much almost always said... Lower the vision, find a big forward inside 50 in contrast to kicking it on the run from 50, having a go at goal. So 
for context, he, as Harp said, he does have a shot at goal from 50 on the run. And JB said he lowered his eyes, which really isn't possible when his eyes were looking at the goals and that's what he went for. So I don't really understand it. It was a real um, study-type kick and that, that's maybe caught in two minds, James Brayshaw, but there wasn't even a target there for him. That's why he could kick it so low. Um, Hamish? Yeah, there's no excuse for me, um, for JB there. It's a simple yeah, commentary error and it's a pretty bad one. I mean... He's having a shot at goal. There's no one around that he's sort of trying to lower the eyes and kick it to. I think he, he would have been better trying to say that he's perhaps kicked through it or not kicked through it. don't know. Did he kick through it? I haven't watched the kick back. But, or maybe tried to dart one in to skid through. I don't know. More any like one that. of those terms. But, um, yeah, it's a strange one. Simple mistake, though. We'll let it go. Yeah, of course you are listening to the Footy Dictionary on Sin. Thank you very much for tuning in. And and another one, this is, Connor, you're you're a North fan. This is from your boys. It's their Instagram page. And uh, they're playing Gold Coast this weekend. The game's already happened. Um, But before the game got announced, when they announced the team, Aaron Hall included for his first game of the season and at NMFC official has rolled with the caption, it's a holy homecoming with a little sun emoji. And, and Connor, Aaron Hall has been at North since 2019. He's played against the Suns three times, twice on the Gold Coast, and he's, he's from Hobart. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not a homecoming what, at all. In what way is this? Like, well, maybe you can say it's a homecoming, but the North shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, I think the thing that actually, the reason I sent this to our chat, the thing that made me the most angry is that the fact that they're making uh, the advertising about Hole when it's Goldie's 300th. That's what really yeah. like, got <laughs> to me the most, to be honest. Um, I, can see why they, I can see why they did it because it's his first game of the year uh, and he's going back to Gold Coast. But yeah, as you said, it's his, this is his third time, I think, coming back to Gold Coast. So it's not a homecoming mm. at all. And he actually only played. He played at Gold Coast for six years, meaning Gold Coast was his home for six years. Is that enough to be a homecoming anyway, if you're only there for six years? Like, you, like as a kid, you, if so Harper, you're overseas at the moment, right? You coming home would be a homecoming because you've lived in Melbourne for how long? 19 years or whatever. But is six mm. years really a homecoming? Well, like I'd say I, I call Melbourne home. I don't call Sydney home. He grew up in Tassie. Like maybe if he's going down to Bloodstone yeah. Arena, that's a homecoming. But <laughs> like going to the Gold Coast where he spent like, a quarter or a fifth of his life, um, and it maybe we have to get Aaron Hall on the show next week asking if he calls Gold Coast home. I, Hamish, I highly, highly, highly doubt that Aaron Hall thinks Gold Coast is his home. I don't think so. I really don't think so, especially uh, with the way he left there. But. Um, my question for you, Connor, was more to do with, you mentioned Goldstein, the marketing for his 300. Was it actually a post, uh, as in a promotional post for the game, or was it announcing the team? Um, which, if it was announcing the team, I think I'd accept the fact that they've made it about Hawley, since he was, what, how many inclusions were there this week? Uh, two, I believe that's two, two. And he was he, he was the first of the season. So I'll accept, sorry, first game for him for the season. I'll accept that um, if it was purely a team post. But uh, the homecoming, yeah, it's, it's dubious. It's dubious. 
I guess that makes sense because it's a lineup. But I just think you the main attraction of the week is Goldstein. Keep it at that. It's a three hundredth. Only six player. Just keep it spotlight on Goldstein, not Aaron Hall. Especially when it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and uh, just onto Goldstein moving away from Aaron Hall. North Melbourne, <laughs> at time of recording, their Instagram profile picture, it's got nothing about North Melbourne. It's just a little gold badge saying Goldie 300, Todd Goldstein 300 AFL games, which I don't know. And also, my, my bigger gripe is this, Connor. They rolled out in their warm-up shirts. They didn't go with the normal like blue and white uh, get-up that teams typically go for, the little flashy polyester type thing. They went for T-shirts with little cartoons of Todd Goldstein on them saying uh, everything he touches turns to gold. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like cartoons on warm-up shirts as a just a general principle. Yeah, with you, I guess my only answer could be was that it is a marketing tactic and they're looking to sell more because they are for sale. And I guess, like I said, they are celebrating Goldie, showing their uh, support to him and celebration. But I do love our warm-up tops. And I can't picture a um, cotton cardoon shirt. It would have been too comfy in sweat up on the Gold Coast either. So it's a bit questionable. I'll give you that. It's a bad time to have the cotton shirts out in the warm-up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's a real bad time. But Yeah, I'm just going through North Melbourne's Instagram right now. They've got – they've even changed the the uh, emblem, the club, to Goldie 300 for the week or the – uh, Instagram profile picture. They've just got Goldie three hundred. They've gone all out on the marketing for this man. I mean, what? <laughs> really one time, two time All Australian. How good is he? Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> is he that good? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's probably a debate for another uh, show. But oh, gee, he's good. I mean, good on him. I was going to ask you, Cotter, if you think Todd Goldstein's a North Melbourne legend, but I think that's a bit too S-E-N, not S-Y-N. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's move to uh, the St Kilda versus Carlton game from it's today. We don't have to go and do it. <laughs> Hamish, of course, you are a Carlton fan, so you can block yours for this one if you'd like. But Howard Kimber of AAP uh, and published on AFL Media um, of course, St Kilda won that. They've gone 5-1. and one, And uh, he's rolled with this as the uh, opening paragraph as the match report of the match report. St Kilda's golden start to Ross Lyon's second stint as coach has continued uh, with a hard-fought 22-point triumph over Carlton. Hamish, in, in my opinion, anything golden, it's it's perfect. St Kilda's lost a game. So they're 5-1. and one, They're not 6-0. Is it a golden yeah. start? Like, it's good. Well, Obviously, it's really good. They've defied all the expectations, but Golden, that's a, that's a bit yeah. over the top for me. Well, I've got two gripes with this one. You mentioned the Golden. There's a bit of an issue there. And my second issue is consolidate top spot. Now, I've just gone back to the round five ladder very quickly. Now, they were in top spot, uh, but they shared top spot by percentage with Essendon and Collingwood. Can you really consolidate top spot if uh, you're coming into the round, you're equal on top with two other teams? Uh, no, but have they even um, consolidated top spot with Essendon and Cairns still to play? Yeah, I th- yeah, no. Well, that's the thing. One of them can go level with them on Anzac Day. So I think, for me, you've got to be at least a game clear 
Exactly, um, yeah. After mm. the end of rounds to be considered to consolidate top spot. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate it. And what Collingwood or Essen could overtake them, though, is the issue. Like, within two days, maybe even when people are listening, one of Essen and Collingwood has won that game. If it's a big win for either of them, they'd probably go top of the ladder. So, well, yeah. It'd have, have to be a pretty big win, but I still don't think you can be consider yourself as, like, the clear number one team or consolidation of your top team status if you're still sharing top spot with percentage. Maybe it's an in-the-moment consolidation. So this kind of context, I don't love it, but like I said, I don't really, really hate it. But if you said it retrospectively, uh, like after the round had been fully completed, the Anzac Day game had happened, so one of Essendon Collingwood, barring a draw, is going to be equal with them. So you can't say in the round recap, or oh, St Kilda consolidated top spot because uh, they're yeah they're not they're not clear like in the moment right now they're clear at time of recording, but uh, they they won't be by the end of the round. Well, should we go back to the golden, the golden call that you <laughs> mentioned as well yes. in that little introduction? Um, well, they lost to Collingwood by a goal, um, and then obviously they've won their other five games. It's if well. Maybe it depends on the team. For St Kilda, it's especially where everyone was predicting them to finish, it's a pretty bloody golden run. Um, I mean, it's probably... I mean, we could use all manner of biblical <coughs> cliches here, but it's it's come from heaven, this run, hasn't it, for St Kilda? So perhaps on for their terms you could call it golden, but um, maybe if it was Collingwood, which they could also be 5-1 and one at the end of the round, I don't know you can call that golden. So... Um, I'm happy to say that this is a golden run. Connor? Um, it's interesting. I don't even think... Even even with their injury list, I think last year they were 8-3 and three as well. If, is that right? They started the season 8-3. and three. So they've, yeah, also, they've obviously got the potential to play good footy. So does that make it... Not to discredit them, they're playing great footy and they are way ahead of the ball than even I expected. I thought they'd be rubbish this year. But... With the addition of, well, a very respected coach and um, a good start last year, is it a golden start even if they're playing this well, considering they've done it to start the year last year? Well, I think so, because you speak to most St Kilda supporters, um, even the ones I was speaking to at the game today, and they, I said, where did you have you guys before the start of the season? And they both said 10th and 11th, mm. so, I mean... By their standards, I'd be well. Put it this way: I'm very jealous that they can turn it around so quickly. Because, uh, yeah, well, I'm still not too happy with it. I think Golden has to be perfect, and it hasn't been perfect. But <laughs> I'm nitpicking it even more. I'm reading over it. I've read over it about ten times uh, in the last few minutes. And well, this is what we do. Know, that, uh, that, that is what we do. Um, they, of course, Howard Kimber said, St Kilda's Golden start to Ross Lyon's second stint as coach. Um, and I think we have spoken about stints before. Connor, I'll put it to you. What, what, what defines a stint? That can it be any amount of time? Because in my mind, at least, a stint is like a kind of short, a, a short period. So maybe you can have like a year as a killer coach and then come back five years later and have another year. You've had two stints. Or am I <laughs> kind of looking into that too much, which maybe we're prone to do here on the Free Dictionary? No, I, when you actually sent this, when we looked over this headline, I thought that's the reason you sent the headline. I thought that's what we were looking into. So I was 
pretty sh- ready to talk about that, to be honest. But <laughs> I don't think I don't. How long was he at the Saints for in his first he, stint? He, he was at uh, at the Saints for five seasons, oh seven to eleven. Yeah, oh, borderline. It's actually man. it's very borderline. I think he can just be gotten away with, maybe just. Is, is it? Almost too successful to be a stint, though. Because yeah. like, he, he had continued, mm. like, obviously never reached the uh, ultimate um, prize, uh, famously. But, uh, yeah, like, three grand finals or qualified for two grand finals. It's, it's not does very the, stinty. Does the fact that he left on his own turn, like, the way he left last time, does that make it more of a stint, the first one? Because he's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to come have a second mm. go at this, second stint. Yeah. Like, it's not like yeah. it's his second, like, he's just, so he's a recycled coach. Like, it's not like, talk to Hamish, it's not like Vossi, he's coming back. It's I feel like it's a different scenario when he leaves, uh, like, the way he did and then comes back for another go at it. Yeah, it's more of his choosing rather than being dumped from St Kilda and given a second chance. It's Yeah, it's yeah. less of a, you're, I think you're right, it's less of a second chance and more of a second stint because, yeah. again, it's his choosing. Yeah. I, I do have my issues with stints, but I, I also do feel for Mr. Howard Kim because what what else would you go with? Like second spell, that doesn't really yeah. work either. Like second bite at the cherry, you only say that when you're taking a mark. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the alternatives are for Howard. I don't think any presents itself other than stint. Yeah. It's perfect. A- anything else would be so. too casual, like second go, second Second try, second crack. It's, yeah, it's not really matching. I mean, in terms of that. yeah, in terms of writing, like the best word he could have used probably almost is stint. I would have thought. Mm. Or tenure, I suppose they use that a, yeah. Lot, a little bit. Yeah. Second tenure. Yeah. Don't, sounds. Don't I think those couples sound a bit more professional. Whereas, like, go crack, you know, dig, yeah. whatever else you want to say, sounds more encouraging. Like he's not an established <laughs> coach already. Go on, Ross. Yeah. Get in there. Have another dick. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe we'll have to talk about that one over the week and maybe we'll come back uh, to the listeners next week to sing on the free dictionary uh, this time next week and yeah, see if we can come up with any alternatives. Yeah. Maybe a brand new word. But uh, let, let's move on. And I was just going to say, who doesn't want to hang around and listen to three blokes arguing about the use of stint in a <laughs> description of Ross Lyon? <laughs> well, uh, guys, we're going to be here for 10 weeks at least uh, here on the footy <laughs> dictionary. And someone who's going to be with us throughout this whole season and hopefully beyond, it's his first ever um, go. It's his first stint. Uh, no, that's definitely not right. <laughs> and a foreign correspondent. Um, he, he's in Denmark at the moment, and we, we've absolutely splurged on this guy. We've paid him the absolute big bucks. We've sent him over to Denmark as the Footy Dictionary official foreign correspondent. So really, really, really hope he does a good job. No doubt he will. His name is Darren Donger Dixon, and he's sent in a package to us. Give him a warm applause. Yes, g'day guys, Darren Donger Dixon here. Um, thank you very much for having me as your foreign correspondent on the very first episode of the show. Really, really appreciate it. I'm here in Denmark and I've got something very, very special for you lined up. I've been on the hunt for the biggest, the most famous footy fan in all of Scandinavia. And look, I, I lined up outside uh, Princess Mary's house for a good week. I won't tell you how that ended, but uh, instead, who we got? It's someone very, very special. It goes by the name of Lucas 
Francis Claver. Now, not only is he a massive footy head, he also won the 2009 edition of the Danish X Factor. Lucas, thank you very much for joining me, Matt. Should I say this? Um, on, on the pot, uh, yeah, I did not win. I, I came in fifth. I think I may have got the wrong bloke. Uh, but were you happy to still roll with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good, and 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 I do I do love my my footy. Yes, that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Now, um, to see, to test, to prove yourself as a true footy fan, I'm going to give you five pieces of footballing slang that we use down in Australia. Ra- rapid fire, and we'll, we'll see how many you got right at the end. Does that yeah. sound good to you? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Now the first one for you, mate, is a pill. What's a pill? A pill. A pill. In footy terms. In footy terms. And it's the Australian football. Australian football. It's not what I was, it's not a lewd act. Your favourite sport. Yeah, okay. Um, a pill. A pill. Uh, shove it up your ass. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. A, a, a pill, it might, be, it might be when you just put it in the mouth of someone to do that. You know, when, you're, when you had to take medicine when you were a child. My father, he would always like... Uh, hold my nose until I couldn't breathe. And then I was like, <gasps> and then he just shoved the spoon in. It's kind of like that. You shove it in. I'll reveal the answers at the end. We'll oh, see okay. Oh, all right. Maybe right, maybe wrong. Okay. Okay. Next one though. A falcon. What's a falcon, Mr. Lucas? Yeah. Uh, a falcon, that's when you just, you kick a long ball and it just flows out and then it just dips like almost, almost like uh, the uh, laws of physics don't Classic. apply. Yeah. yeah, it just dips it right on, and then you have a touchdown. Uh, now, <laughs> the next one for you, Mr. Francis Claver. Yeah, give it to me. Leather poisoning. What's leather poisoning? And you are saying leather, not liver. Leather. Le- leather. Okay. Leather. Leather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like um, it's, it's just a rash in your hand, kind of like uh, when you play handball. Uh, you have all the kind of the, what the tree sap. You can get that on your hand. Get blisters. It's leather poisoning. Now your final one, Mister Lucas, is a grubber. <laughs> what, what is a grubber, my a, friend? A grubber. A, a grubber with a U. G R U double B E R. Is that not just like the the worst player on your team, and the only reason he's still on the team is because he picks up. Uh, he picks up after you when you've left like a energy bar wrapper on the field. He takes it uh, with him. He does the laundry for the club, and uh, it's like he's a good, he's good vibes. He's not a good player, but he's good vibes, and he he can be on the bench now. And we, we've completed the the quiz. I reveal to you, you got zero. To our listeners back home and to the the uh, host back in the studio, I'm, I'm sorry to, to disappoint you, uh, Darren Dong and Dixon here. Really hope you got a good segment lined up because this was crap. W- would it help if I if I did say I, I won the X Factor? We can we can take uh, part one again. We can do a double take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it was very good when I won X Factor two thousand and nine. And and um, I mean, I I stepped out of fame um, just uh, to uh, take care of my kids. Like Carlton in twenty twenty two, this failed to deliver on any expectations. Back to you in the studio, guys. Yes, you are listening to the Footy Dictionary on Sin. Thank you very much for tuning in. That was Darren Donga Dixon, our foreign correspondent, with a very disappointing uh, first uh, little package yeah, da, for da, us there. 
Darren's got a serious attitude problem with that last little <laughs> quip. Um, uh, we can come back to Lucas's interpretations in a sec because they're definitely worth talking about. But um, I just want to know where we got this Darren bloke from, and why does he sound like he could talk talk your ears off at two a.m. on King Street, which is not <laughs> where you want to be on a Saturday night? He's a scary sounding man. <laughs> he definitely could. He definitely could. Um, but no, he, he did write into us. Uh, I don't think anyone's right. met him in person, actually. So he said he lives in Denmark. He's a big footy fan and wanted to get on board. And he sent us a little resume of media work he'd done. And I mm. said he had a good reputation, but failed fail to deliver. But we've got him on a big, big contract. So it's an investment. Hopefully he's going to be back next week uh, or well, he's the, week after, the week after that. <laughs> what was that? He's definitely on notice for mine. Uh, one more week with that crap. And uh, I don't know if he'll be getting a call back. But, uh, and also, I, I don't know if you were counting, I don't know if you noticed, but he, he promised uh, five questions, five bits of footy slang for Lucas there, and he only asked him four, so well, to deliver on many fronts. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's in the oh firing boy. line. He's in the firing line. But Lucas, I think we should talk about Lucas for a sec. Uh, he's not... I know he's obviously been an X-Factor finalist. Is he looking for a career in nursing or uh, any of those sorts of uh, medical-related fields? Because uh, I feel like a lot of his answers were very literal. <laughs> but they were. Uh, Connor, uh, what did you think? Oh, I think he had a fair go. Um, admittedly, like a few of the... A bit of the slang we've got over here, especially for footies, pretty hard to grasp and interpret if you've never heard it in your life. Uh, so mm. I think the, my favourite one was probably favourite one was probably the pill, the first one. <laughs> uh, he had an interesting answer to that, uh, but it was a great effort by him. Unfortunately, he came out at zero, but uh, hopefully we're better on it next week. Mm. <laughs> But reportedly, he did tell Donga that he was a big free fan. I'm, I'm not too sure about that. A bit of a dubious, dubious claim. But um, let, let's move on. Of course, the Anzac Day game, the traditional Anzac Day game, uh, is on Tuesday. It might have already happened once you're tuning in to the podcast. But Collingwood and Essen, of course, and they've committed a big crime in my book, in, in the book, big book of footy dictionary social media laws. So they've gone a collaborative post on Instagram and they've <laughs> gone together, they've said, one of the most highly anticipated games of the year awaits these two. Hamish, rivals should not be collaborating on an Instagram post, should they? Um, nah, I don't have as much of an issue with it as you do, I think. I think it just signifies that it's a big occasion. Um, and I guess because it's Anzac Day, I think they can get away with it because it's supposed to, you know, Anzac Day is a very commemorative day. It's a day of reflection and it's a day of coming together as a nation um, to celebrate those that have gone before us. So I think if there's one occasion where, obviously, I don't have any blood in this game, um, but if there's one occasion where I'd let my football team um, get away with posting... Um, a collaborative post on Instagram with an arch rival, I'd say it would be Anzac Day. Um, and please excuse the blood reference. That's uh, a bit of a shocking, shocking call. But um, yeah, Connor, would you agree? Yeah, I was, I'm sort of with you, Hamish. So I think I reckon North and Carlton might have done the same thing for Good Friday, but I'm not 100% sure. 
But, but I mean, <laughs> a North and Carlton rivals. No, so that's why, I, as Hamish said, I don't have a a stronger feeling towards it as you two do, as you do, uh, Harper. But I have a bit of a rebuttal to Hamish. Say, you know how day before the grand final, grand final parade, the two players, two captains, opposing captains, hold up the trophy. Typically, the AFL posts that photo. However, would you accept a collaborative post for that photo? Yeah, that's probably a fair point. Um, yeah, no way. I think, yeah, eh, why not? You swayed me. I think, yeah, you're probably right. I'd rather the AFL post it than the two teams together. I think that's more appropriate. But I guess I'm not as uh, strict on it as Harper is. Yeah, I, I really, 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 really don't like it. And I, I am He's not curious, happy. Like, what, 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 what are the logistics of this kind of operation? Does the, the Collingwood social media admin, like it says like Collingwood was, was the poster and they added Essendon to it as a collaborator. <laughs> Does the Collingwood social media admin reach out to the Essendon guy, <laughs> shoot him a text and say, oh, hey, mate, do you want to collaborate on a post? Like, I, I don't think you should be uh, crossing crossing the battlefield and uh, cr- crossing into the other side of the field oh, in that yeah. kind of thing at all. What do you reckon? Is it a phone negotiation or is it like a backroom <laughs> MCG? The photos, for context, has been taken. I reckon it's in the long room of the MCC. Do you reckon they've just uh, met each other and said, all right, let's, let's take this downstairs? Maybe those <laughs> two, the, the two social media managers, they lock themselves in a little change rooms downstairs and they say, right... <laughs> I'll post this. You can be the collaborator. And then the Essendon bloke comes back and says, no, 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 we'll be posting it. You're our friend. We're collaborating with you. This is on our behalf. We're the good guys here. You're the bad guys. And they just lock horns for 20 minutes and then Collingwood perhaps suggests, all right, we'll post this. You can be our collaborator, but, 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 you have to let us win the game. And who knows? Is there, is there, is there, Am I reading too much into this, boys? <laughs> ne- never. You can never read too much into it. I, I think that is pretty bang on to the real series of events. Maybe we can do a little footy dictionary investigation into this. Maybe we could reach out to the uh, social media teams at the Pies and Dons because um, clearly it's a, it's a planned photo shoot. There's been a few people there, maybe some news teams and that kind of thing. And the social media admins are just lurking at the back, like you said, whispering in each other's ears, hey, hey mate, do you want to do it? Collaboration. Well, I think that might be well, do you reckon if there's a, a clear loser to come out of this game, whether the fans of that respective team will uh, fire up on social media and said, "Well, this is this is our fault," you know, we got too friendly with them pre-game posting posts <laughs> together on Instagram. Like it, we were bound to fail. We were bound to fail. We came in too friendly. Um, and to be fair, I reckon there'd be a few supporters that would probably wheel that one out. Um, bit of a pet hate that one. <laughs> One thing I'll say about it that I don't mind is that it kind of brings all the trollers and the comment to the comments into one forum and people can just go toe-to-toe <laughs> under the one post rather than it's like one one fan base's comments, but they can just go at each other, fight to the death in the comment section. Yeah, I'd love to see a bit more of that in the AFL world. Like, imagine... <laughs> I, I, I can't get too leafy at the moment being a blue supporter, but I can just imagine how good it would be if you like got up in a big game against one of the big clubs and then your club tags or collaborated a post <laughs> yeah. with the other social media of that team and just said, I don't know, something ridiculous. Cop that, hold that L, something along those lines. There's a bit of that in the NBA 
uh, an NFL, like the American sports, they really, they it's more a Twitter thing, but they they kind of troll each other on Twitter, and it gets a lot of publicity. So I reckon it'd it'd do well. <laughs> yeah, like maybe this is very old. Yeah, man, the yells at clubs for me, but I don't like that kind of like um, <laughs> banter against other clubs, like especially big rivals. Maybe like Essendon taking the piss out of North Melbourne, I'd be okay with. Like, oh, you think you're our rivals, whatever. But <laughs> like joking around, uh, like n- not even taking a pot shot. Um, this post, just like collaborating. It's no good, Hamish. Nah, I had nothing to say. I think we've uh, probably exhausted this one. Um, I think yeah. probably reached a bit of a middle ground on it, so we should probably move on to the next next topic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think it um, <laughs> that kind of thing. The AFL is trying to chip away, and like, well, maybe not intentionally, but it's end up you can chip away at the rivalry and make it less heated, which is no good for anyone. They also uh, the AFL post this one is. Uh, Rio versus West Coast. I think Adelaide, poor Adelaide, did it as well. Um, they got players from each team to say one nice thing about the other team. No good at all. <laughs> but speaking of Anzac Day, this is a Craig McRae's press conference from Sunday, uh, I think it was. And he's talking about the fearsome ruck duo of Sam Draper and Mr. Journeyman himself, Andrew Phillips. Uh, here he is. Yeah, I think... Uh you know, the combination of Draper and Phillips is the best in the, in the comp right now. Draper's marking the ball, so is Phillips the ball to the ball. Um, yeah, I really, really uh, respect Draper as a player. I think he's an enormous talent, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to be on that game. Okay, Connor. Uh, for, from this one, the talent is what caught my eye. Like, what, what defines a talent? So, Sam Draper's 24. I, I don't think you can go around calling anyone too much older than that a, a talent. And I think you have to have a bit of flamboyance, a bit, a bit of erraticness and obviously youthfulness. Like Paddy Dangerfield, for example, obviously is a gun, but uh, Amy's just got his hands up. You wouldn't call Paddy Dangerfield a talent. What, what's a talent? Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry to butt in, Connor, is talent just another word for X Factor? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I don't know, I think talent's a weird word to describe Draper like, and any Ruckman. Talent, like Ruckman, you'd sort of know them for throwing their body around and doing the grunt work of sort of like an inside midfielder, but you wouldn't really say an inside mid is talented. You'd say that they're mm. uh, brave, strong, head over the footy. You wouldn't say like, you wouldn't say Ben Cunnington is especially talented, I wouldn't have thought. Is Sam, not Sam Jaffer, is Jason Horn Francis a talent? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Well, I think so. He's definitely a talent, but he's yeah. yet to fulfil any massive expectations yet. So um, I think on that, I think the same argument goes for Draper. He's a talent. Is he solidified as uh, like a consistent talent yet? I'm not sure. I'm not an Essendon mm. watcher, but um, he's definitely got the ability to do a bit of mercurial, as you can see with his goal of the year. Um, I think so, once you become really consistent, sorry, Hamish, you, you almost lose that tag as a talent. Um, because yeah. it's it's obvious. And Sam Draper, he, he was a bit rough around the edges. I think that's a big factor, big contributing factor. And uh, especially at the start of his career, he couldn't kick to save himself. He missed goals from directly in front and that kind of thing. But um, continue, sorry. No, you're right. I think I'm completely in agreement with you there. I think he hasn't yet earned the consistency yet to be called anything but just a talent. It's like saying, 
oh potential. He's got he's definitely got potential. He's got potential to break this game apart, but we don't know whether he's going to do it or not. So, um, how many games has he played, by the way? Big Droves? Sam Draco, that's a know. good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, Connor looked on Wikipedia for Lucky Plowman before. Famously inaccurate for uh, games for AFL players because it doesn't get updated enough. So I'm checking AFL tables for Sam Draper. Um, but Connor, I'll ask you just in the meantime, is there an age limit for a talent? Uh, I think, obviously you can't be a 30-year-old talent. That's, that's too old, right? Yeah, I think talent might sort of um, put a bit of a limit. I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a not insult, but it's like you're not a superstar. You're you're just a little talent. Condescending, patronising. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the word. Sorry. Yeah, mm. that's. It's like you're not like you're good. You got a bit about you, but you're not quite a superstar of the competition or any means. Yeah, as yep. Sam Trapp has played forty eight games to this point. Uh, um, checks out. Forty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he's 49th against Collingwood The big milestone 50 against uh, Long Cats next week But uh, anything else you'd like to say on talent, Hamish? Nah, that's, I think we've uh, drained the well But it's good discussion, as always very, very, very good discussion I think that might just wrap up uh, our discussion you, you guys are showing immense promise on the first episode of the radio uh, Maybe, as am I uh, Very promising talents But uh, yeah, Hamish, anything else you'd like to say or should we leave it at that? Um, no, I've got nothing else to add. It's been good to be back, though. I'm uh, looking forward to the next nine weeks after this one. <laughs> Connor, thanks to you as well. Yeah, thanks, boys. It's been it's good to be back. I look forward to uh, being back uh, Monday next Monday at 4 o'clock again. Yeah, next Monday at 4 o'clock. That's Melbourne time because we're extremely Vic Bias here on the uh, footy <laughs> dictionary. Uh, you can check us out on social media. We've got a Twitter page, uh, which is at Dictionary HQ, uh, where we will be chucking up some questions. So we'll ask you your niche loves, your niche hates of footy, and you can send in any uh, little pet peeves you've got about the language of football uh, to us here at the Footy Dictionary. We're also at footydictionary at gmail.com. Chuck something on Reddit as well. We're at Dictionary HQ there. We've actually got episode 11, which we had in the bank for about eight months. We'll be putting that out on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that bonus episode this week. Um, Stay tuned for Sports Desk as well. That's going to immediately follow this. But I'm going to play you out with a little piece of audio from the Footyology podcast. Uh, This is, of course, Rowan Connolly and Rodney Rocketed, Roco and Rocket, uh, and they're known for their really hard-hitting analysis and insights, and they take everything very seriously. There's no mucking around, so here's them taking the GWS versus Brisbane Lions match preview in Canberra very, very seriously. Play that in a sec. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Here it is. Marta Karogal in Canberra is the uh, picturesque setting for the Saturday Twilight game, 4.35 p.m., you're smiling, Rocket. You don't find Canberra picturesque? I do, actually. Yeah, I don't mind Canberra. I suppose the, all the public servants makes it uh, appeal as a boring place, but um, I've been to Canberra quite a bit. I don't mind Canberra. Uh, the home of Parliament and at one time the home of the Australian porn industry as well. But... <laughs> you know about that. <laughs>